0: Welcome to Genuine Life Recovery with me, Jody Stevens. We are here to help you and your loved ones overcome addictions. We dive into the physical, emotional, and spiritual aspects of addiction and recovery, family dynamics, codependency, and more. Hey friends, welcome back part two, Genuine Life Recovery with me, Jody Stevens, and back with my friend John Heath for part two. If you didn't listen to part one, I would just encourage you to go back and listen to part one with John, that way part two will make a lot more sense. Now, in the first episode, we talked about all things recovery. We've both been sober for 16 years. And John, we touched a little bit on your story, but I wanna hear your whole story because I haven't heard it. By the way, if you like this show, please share it with anybody you know who's struggling with addiction, codependency, stuff like that, maybe family members. Uh, Maybe it's you. And you can leave a review on iTunes if you would. That would be awesome. Share it on social media. You can find this show on uh, iTunes and Podbean and Spotify and Amazon, uh, Audible, uh, TuneIn, most of the apps. And you can also listen just by clicking podcast on my website at jodystevens.org, J-O-D-I-E, Stevens with a V, .org, or you can shoot me an email if you want to connect it's genuine life at jodystevens.org. Welcome back, John. We've known each other for a while, but I don't think I've ever
1: heard your story. Are you sitting down? Oh, yes. Okay. It's an area that I generally. <laughs> Do I'm I need kinda... a
0: drink for this? I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> no, but. Uh, a nice cup of tea. It's, it's digging in because it's a, it's amazing the transformation that God has done. And, I do and, have coffee. I have
0: some caffeine.
1: I got some good tea here. I, yeah. I, okay. I, All right. Let's, now, but, let's get but, into but uh, Basically <laughs> I grew up in San Francisco and so. Oh, well there's and, problem number you know, one. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I'm a little older, you know, I, 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 I grew up, you know, when I was in my teens, it was the late seventies and, mm-hmm. uh, and then, and so, um, and I was kind of a hellraiser in school. I, uh, I uh, attended several high schools, uh, two of them twice. Uh, and so. but addiction started very early, like most people. Uh, we, I was always allowed to drink at a very love at early age, not excessively, but to drink uh, like if there's beer in the house at 12 and 13. Uh, not like cracking six packs, but you know, just having a beer around with the family. And that graduated uh, to when I got into high school, uh, to pot. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, by ninth grade, it was a, it was a daily thing. And that's kind of when things took off in San Francisco. Now the times were a lot different back then. And same was the pot, the pot today. I mean, you take two hits and you're like on an acid trip, uh, back then you could smoke several joints and, and still kind of function or you'd be stoned, but you'd, You can do those things. So And some
0: of the weed now, just to interject, is laced with fentanyl. Somebody smoked some, sixteen year old girl had fentanyl, she died first time for uh, it. So just thought I'd throw That's, that in but it's scary kiddos people listening it's it's a different world and you do not know what you're getting and people are like oh I trust my drug dealer yeah well your drug dealer doesn't even know what they're getting so I just wanted to throw exactly that in
1: exactly that fentanyl just on a, a side note we've lost like five or six people in higher power on oh, on fentanyl yeah. and I, I it was here today gone tomorrow. I mean, yeah. they cannot measure it because fentanyl nope. comes in like grains of sand, and it's yeah. like going to the beach. Now you go pick out seven grains of sand. Now seven grains of sand is enough to kill you in fentanyl. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you get these street dealers that are trying to divide it up, and they can't do the math, and nope. uh, they're not pharmacists, and uh, it, it, it's, it's highly, highly dangerous uh and and they still go into it and and realistically uh, you know uh, it's well and they can get it
0: for cheap bring it across the border they're they're making it like in china they're funneling it through the mexican border which you know is all open now and then they can sell it for like gobs more than they got. It. At least it used to be like that. So it's just, it's money, 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 and more money. It, it always
1: is. And that kind of leads you know, into my story because- Yeah, back to your I story,
0: got,
1: <laughs> fentanyl I, I, well, diversion. I just, I, I'm just saying, because I go back to the original uh, drug traffickers. I I actually, by the time I was a senior in high school, I was using heroin. I was a daily cocaine user and heroin. And uh, my parents, during that time, had gotten divorced. And my mother had, shortly after, had hooked up with a police officer and moved into the house and kind of messed up my game and uh, (laughs) because I was dealing out of the house on a small level to support the habits that I was doing.
0: What were you dealing with?
1: I ended up on the streets at a very early age, at 18. Now, living Uh on the streets back then compared to living on the streets today, to me, was night and day. I look at it Uh because I do do homeless ministries as well. I was actually found myself in Golden Gate Park, which back then was kind of a cool thing because it was the times were right and it was safe. A lot safer, and actually, a lot of the famous bands played in Golden Gate Park, like Jefferson mm-hmm. Art, uh, Jefferson Starship, and the Grateful yeah. Dead. All of them lived around oh. the Haight Ashbury, and I kind of mm. navigated in that area yeah. of San Francisco, so it was kind of a a safe thing. Unfortunately, things were laid at at my footsteps there, and I hooked up with a couple of of wrong people uh, that were part of a drug smuggling cartel. And so I got involved, you know how you, it's the old story. You get involved gently and slowly. Well, let's just put it this way, moving the scale forward. It became my way of life. And then the next thing I know, I am knee deep involved in the cartel. A <gasps> trusted member, and by 20, I think it was by 21, they were training me to fly. And so I was flying at that point by I to, think fly, was, drugs
0: to the, fly drugs
1: across the drugs, yeah, fly across the borders. So,
0: oh my, and I got gosh.
1: some beautiful pictures I can show you of the times there. Uh, uh you know, I, I, back then it was like the days of uh, Miami Vice. And I got this outfit with my plane. And I, it was like the Don Johnson outfit with the white oh pants and the gosh. shirt and the sunglasses. I've so seen. I've this, seen
0: all the movies too. You know. Yeah, like, but this
1: went on. This was not no movie. This went on yeah. for seven years, Jody. Oh seven years, I was knee deep.
0: And you did? I you ended, never got busted? What were where uh, you? Were know you know what? S- that's
1: the di- that's the difference between a professional drug dealer. And I'm not a professional drug dealer is one who gets busted and I never got busted. <laughs> wow. However, oh. I did pay my, I did pay my price and I did have some craziness as you always do uh, yeah. on this. And and here's the irony of this. And uh, at the time I was doing this, my brother-in-law uh, was married to my sister who is now, who at that time was head of DEA. Is that crazy? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So yeah. that was uh, that 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 those were just uh, just the times that I was put in, and it was just. Uh, but anyway, long of short, I. did – So I got
0: to ask because in the movies ahead, in in the cartel, like someone always off somebody else. I was like fortunate
1: always... <laughs> not. I was fortunate not to be a part of a murder. Okay, I, all right. I, 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 I just
0: I had to I, ask because you know I love all those movies. I nerd, used to so want to be live, a homicide I can detective. Live
1: with so. myself, I can live with myself completely. That's you okay. know I see even God was working back there because that would be something yeah. that I could not live with myself today, even if I was right. a part of that. But I was a part, and this is the part where I asked for God's grace. I know people got hurt with what I delivered, and yeah. and the volume yeah. I delivered. And I know there was oh, consequences God. there. And that's the part that I have to live yeah. with today. But, uh, you know, uh, it, back then, I I didn't know any different I or thought any different. I thought, and here's where the drugs come in. They make you invincible. Cocaine had yeah. made me feel invincible. Like nothing's going to happen to me. No consequences. No, nothing. Well, you know what? The one consequence... That, that happened which was great was I did overdose when I was 23 on there 24 actually I was 24 and a half excuse me 24 and a half and I ended up in the first cocaine center in the United States in San Francisco and it was when cocaine was at its highest epidemic yeah and it was yeah. in 1984 and a half almost 85 and mm-hmm. so Um, it was called the share unit. And I always love this story because you're going to go, wow. I ended up with a roommate there and his name was Eddie. And we spent, I spent almost 60 days in this facility, in the hospital. Back then it was hospitals. They're not like they're they are today where they're, you know, like uh, uh, compounds where you can do things. This was a hospital setting on the second floor. And I was so high going in there. I had overdosed. I ended up at general. I was in general for 10 days. And then I still ended up at the sharing unit. And I remember them coming to me because they test you daily and they go, You are so high from the testing that we hit. We, we, the blood test that we just took from you, it's as if you did a gram the night before. Now, this is like, you know, 10, 12 days later. And so obviously it stayed in my system. And yeah. I have a whole theory on, on that, that it actually clings to your fat cells and releases, but for a short time thing. But, So I ended up in the program. They asked me to stay there for 60 days when it was normally a 30 day program because I was still, they felt I was coming down for the first two weeks and was missing out on the actual program because I was just, Mm -hmm. you know, I was still in a daze on on detoxing. You were still
0: detoxing. Mm I was still
1: detoxing is what was happening. Yeah. So, uh, so it was agreed that I stayed now. Several things happened during that period. One is you do not step out of the cartel for 60 days without somebody knowing. Okay. Right. The second thing that happened is um, that I met this guy, Eddie. Now, the irony of Eddie is when I became in leadership at Higher Power, I was out to dinner with, with uh, there were several leaders. And one of the guys' name was Eddie. And this is rolling the clock 35 years you know, forward. We sat at the table, we're breaking bread. We had done ministry for two years and we were talking about our past and then the share unit came up. And he goes, you were in the share unit? He goes, I was in the share unit. And at that moment, our eyes met and we both recognized each other And realized at that point that God had orchestrated this 35 years later that we both would be serving a powerful ministry side by side when we were 35 years earlier in the same clinic, which was the first cocaine center in the United States. And I just thought, if you cannot (laughs) believe there's a God, what statistically the odds of him showing up 35 years later with this man as a divine appointment, serving side by wow. side. And
0: yeah, you didn't that. recognize him because it was well, just We, all, so we long both ago. Changed.
1: He, he had an yeah. Afro back then and now he's bald.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, right. <laughs> he was, right. He
1: was skinny. He was skinny as a rail. <laughs> and, and, and both of us were, were skinny as a rail back then. Yeah. And now, you know, we've, uh, yeah. You know, it seriously changed both of us. So, uh, uh, wow. but it was amazing to see God, but I had gotten out of the Sherry unit 60 days later and I had gone to my house, uh, that where I was staying, I was staying in Daly city and I got back and the, the drugs that I had 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 gotten stolen and it was a, almost a quarter of a million dollars. And so back then, okay, so it was, it was pretty serious. So I ended up, uh, two things I had to do is one, go back to who I was dealing with. I'm not going to mention any names even today, Uh, go back to where I was and explained what happened and then explained what really happened. And yeah. I thought, Jody, at that point, I was pretty confident that they were going to take me out. I was, it's yeah. just the way things worked. I knew every detail, you know, it, it, it was stupid to keep me alive. It really was at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And I recognized that. And, um, and, you know, I was in acceptance of it. He sat there with me. And I, I said, if you're gonna do it, you know, do it with mine. And I handed him my, my gun. I handed him mine. I said, do it with mine. At that point, and oh my he, he picked it up, and I thought, okay, here we go. This will be a new feeling, death, uh, or not. Um, and he goes, you know, John, you know, every detail and every instinct in me says this should not continue. You know, meaning <laughs> me. And he goes, but something's telling me inside I can trust you. And I've trusted you from day one all the way through. You've done nothing, nothing, not once to hinder my trust. And he goes, I want my money back. And I go, I promise you, I promise you I'll have every dime back. And I promise you that I will, you know. I want to start over. I want to start a different life. And he said, do not let anybody know I'm doing this at, at this point. We'll just say you yeah. just disappeared. And right. Jody, that was the beginning of my construction career. That's how I got into construction. I had to think of something legal. And <laughs> right. I started Golden West Construction in 90, 1987. And by 1990, he was paid off completely.
0: At that point,
1: my company thrived because I was working through a means of life and death. I mean, I was paying bills out of life and death because regardless, in the back of my head, I still didn't believe that this was going to be allowed (laughs) to do this. I mean, it's, it's just unheard of. And so, you know, and I had no God in my life at that point. But looking back, God was clearly, clearly allowing things to happen, allowing things to transpire in my life. Uh, And so, you know, I also I had given up cocaine, but alcohol was there. So there's the hopscotch. Mm -hmm. And I ended up um, By after he was paid off, I ended up doing. My company was doing very well. I, you know, I made some early mistakes, but it it survived. It it was it was thriving, and I ended up getting involved in gambling and alcohol. And so I Mm, gambled football, and back then. The Niners with Joe Montana and Steve Young. Those days, we they would play New Orleans, and I had several friends that were all over the country uh, that I would drink with, uh, and 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 we'd get together and we'd go to games. Well, we got and even the Raiders dirt. had a win back then. Even the Raiders had a win back then. <laughs> even the Raiders. the Raiders. I love the Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders are awesome.
0: Yeah. I know, <laughs>
1: but 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 I ended up traveling and gambling for football. And I ended up oh, in boy. New Orleans, of all place, because uh, the Saints would, uh, the Niners would always beat the Saints, and it was a no-win bet, uh, no-brainer bet. And uh, and so I ended up in New Orleans, and before I know it, it's, um, uh, if you ever, those who are alcoholic, that will finish you off, that town, I'm telling you. Ugh. That place just does not stop 24 hours a day.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I ended up with a meeting of a young lady who owned a bar and it was a strip joint as well. And everything that a true alcoholic needs in their life. (laughs) Right. And we ended up this long-term relationship, but she also was a witch.
0: Oh, Lord have mercy.
1: Yeah. So I got involved in this relationship and it was a pretty much a five year relationship Mm -hmm. where, and it took me to places, and the disease took me to places, you know, that I never thought with my alcoholism. So, it it had just uh, carried on. Um, if anybody believes in, in witchcraft, it's real. Oh, it is yeah. absolutely real. And it's nothing short of demonic. Um, it, it, I mean, it's really just calling on demons to to mm-hmm. perform tasks is really what it came down to. Mm. So I don't usually go into this, but you got me into a place of transparency and I feel the Holy Spirit should is leading this.
0: Well, and there's so much witchcraft today and it's couched as oh, so yeah. many things and it's bled into the church big time. You see it oh, all I, I, over I, in the church.
1: I, I firmly believe even in some rituals, but you know I, that's a tough one to point out. And you just, that's a tough one. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, well, very, it's what very, it
0: is. It's, it's that it Kundalini is. spirit. It's it's a different spirit, and it's like New Age. And and a lot of people think it's the Holy Spirit, and so they're getting this drunk on the Holy Spirit, but it's actually the Kundalini spirit, which is New Age and witchcraft. But that's a whole nother tangent. But yeah, we're, we're we can go a off on that, that on another. I on know, another,
1: but but yeah. I let me, the point I'm making is is it's linked into recovery. Because yeah. when I got clean on this, that popped up. Once you clear one piece away, another piece yeah. popped up. And I had to spiritually, you know, seek help in that deliverance. Arena, yeah, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is went through deliverance. And I did go through a deliverance a year after I was clean and oh, it made the, the difference. It made the difference of freedom, complete freedom. Uh, yeah. because that's the last thing the enemy wants is you to have peace and freedom and serenity uh, when he's had control over your life for so many years. And yeah. it was so easy. And then all of a sudden there's a break in that. Um, and so um, it, it just, wow. uh, it just compounded. But I recognized with this woman that I needed to uh, do a geographic, as they say, because she's the problem. And mm-hmm. I had ended up you know, meeting, uh, uh, I was back here in Milbrae. My house was in Millbrae. She was down in the French quarters. I was back and forth, you know, every three to four weeks, uh, spending weeks there trying to try and to run a company, uh, you know, let my guys run it, you know, as I'm spending 10 days at a time with her in new Orleans and, and just, you know, and, and just being a complete, uh, my alcoholism just completely took off. And, mm-hmm. and, I mean, I took flights, Jody. I, I woke up one day, two days later on my front lawn, uh, in a courtyard, uh, in Milbury. Fortunately it was gated. It's a gated courtyard. So nobody saw me and my mother shows up and is picking me up off the lawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was shaking so bad from alcohol poisoning and yeah. I'll never forget. She put me in bed and feeding me soup. Like I was, you know, I had the flu and it was nothing short oh. of, of, DTs from alcohol. And, yeah. um, you know, and she, you know, she didn't want to recognize that at that point, that it, that was really what it was. But I would come back like that, such a mess where I would need days of just trying to detox myself and. and well,
0: and back. those DTs can kill you. Alcohol and benzos are the two that can kill you. So you're lucky you didn't die. I mean, my brother, before he passed, at, we would have to give I was, him alcohol. Yeah. You, know, I you have to fortunate. give him alcohol.
1: Yeah. 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 And I was fortunate people- enough. I wasn't a pill popper either at that time. Yeah. So that was a, that was a, that was a good thing. If there's a good thing in the mess there. So, uh, and, and. But people uh,
0: would be like, you know, why would you give drugs to a druggy? Why would you give alcohol to an alcoholic? And they, that's where there's so much confusion about addiction. It's like, because they'll die if you don't just like methadone and heroin and things like that. I mean, that doesn't kill you, but it comes pretty close. And so sometimes you have to detox with drugs. I mean, that's what detox is, is is titration or weaning off. And so I'm a,
1: I'm a firm believer of that. And I don't know if Jody, if you've ever seen somebody die of alcoholism, but they pretty much, um, I had a very dear friend that I drank with uh, Jimmy uh, in San Francisco uh, we had this bar we used to call it the office, <laughs> and then we'd all meet there, you oh, know, geez. at lunch. And sometimes we wouldn't even leave until, like, you know, until you know it closes, and we'd show up at lunch. But uh, this poor kid, he was only thirty three years old. I love him dearly, and uh, but he had ended up in, you know, he was drinking almost a, I, I think he was drinking close to a quart of uh, vodka daily, and mm-hmm. his liver was had given out. He ended up in general hospital. Yeah. And I remember it was, only, it was like three weeks before he died and they said, he's going to die. This was, he's going to yeah. pass, he's passed that road. I go, how can you, I mean, how could somebody die, you know that they're going to die like in three weeks when they, you know, uh, they're yeah. still alive. I, I couldn't comprehend that in my disease. And sure enough, he, he passed in, you know, a few weeks later and of mm-hmm. it and it was a horrific death due to his liver uh, deteriorations, uh, from it. So, uh, it's, it's it's serious business. It really is. And, uh, and you know, I look back at that, that little episode in my life there, uh, where we were drinking in the bars. Um, I had five friends, all, all five are dead. All five are gone. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's like, I feel like I'm, you know, the only one that kind of made it out of that little, little thing.
0: Yeah. um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the, the, the new Orleans thing came to an end uh, she, she came to an, I met my wife, Marie, uh, and, uh, I, I, I think it was God at that point, uh, found, had somebody else planned. And I remember, I'll tell you, it's, it's a tough one telling a witch that you're, uh, you met somebody else. She was planning on, by the way, moving out here to change her life style. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was in the works was in the progress. You know, we were working our way through it. And uh, and process. And so, um, and I told her, and, you know, this will kind of freak you out. About a year and a half after we broke up, I broke up from Paula in New Orleans with my wife. My wife ended up falling down a set of stairs. And she had, have you ever seen an an external fixator where they run the pins through your legs? Well, my wife had 10 of them through her legs and it went on for seven years. And all oh I gosh. could think of is Paula with her little voodoo dolls, with her pins there, oh, uh, over yeah. there. And I'm thinking, no, this, yeah. that can't, that can't be it. That can't be it. But that, that played into it. But you know, my, my falling rolling forward, cause you heard what happened during that period with my wife, with the math and the whole bit. Um, my surrender was, my final surrender was my son's second birthday. And I'll never forget this. Uh, he was walking out the door hand by hand and he turned and he looked back and like, dad, aren't you going to come? And I was mm. so addicted, Jody, from, I was smoking meth and uh, God, God, help those who do that and, and god bless them who break it and god yeah. help those because this took me to a place that i i never thought was possible or never to this this day i was so addicted i could not leave the house for more than 10 minutes i was spiritually bound and that went on for that year and when i my son turned around and looked at me, I felt like the lowest human being on the face of this earth. And they left for his second birthday, and here's their dad stuck there. And I remember screaming out to God, and I said, God, if you're real, you will meet me here. And I took the rest of what I had, the the crystal meth, the rest of it, I had a pretty good-sized bag because... And I dumped it down the toilet mm. And as I'm watching it dissolve, I reached down to try to grab it back and it <laughs> dissolved in my hand and I, and, it, and it was and I said, okay, you know, I, I, I gotta be serious. And at that point, I felt the power because this power come over me. and I got on my knees and I cried and I cried and I cried. And I said, "God, please, please help me break this." And I rolled up into a ball for four days in that office in my at my house. Four days I was there. Well, all I had was like water and crackers and 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 just a little bit of something. I'd get up, but I would go back to this carpet like my dog, like dog would, and just roll up into a fetal position. And I basically detoxed myself, mm. and I believe God delivered me right then and there of the methamphetamine but it was the and at that point at the end of the four days that was it I I had never done another I was I was freed from that drug however I continued drinking but the, I broke the meth uh, addiction which was huge I mean that was a difference of of dying this year, as opposed to dying from alcohol in several years, I was thinking, but I was then teachable enough with the higher power. As I explained earlier, I ended up going to higher power and it was a process. I mean, first I'm high on meth at higher power. Then I'm drunk on alcohol. I mean, they kind of went through this little window with, you know, John breaking his addiction And it took about 18, 19 months for this to really happen. But it was that Easter Sunday where I had that last drink. And that was it. God set the deliverance up over an 18-month period for that to be free. And then a year after I was clean, set me up for the final deliverance spiritually. So there were steps taken along the way of breaking into freedom and different levels of 35 years of hard using, and now God has strategically placed it. It wasn't overnight. As we were talking about in the beginning of this, it it was a process. But you know what? Once that process was finally broken and then gone through the deliverance, Jody, after I went through a full deliverance, it wasn't mm-hmm. even sixty days I was asked to be a leader of a church in the church. Wow. In leadership. And I'm thinking, what you? you know, I thought, boy God, you got a you got a real sense of humor here. This is <laughs> I'm like the last guy on the planet here that <laughs> that qualifies to even go into a church, let alone, you know. And but God strategically did his steps and allowed me to do the 12 steps over a time and the process has been absolutely beautifully looking back of how he orchestrated in my life and it and it, what it was was God was setting me up to help the many that we helped over the many years we've done the ministry
0: wow what an amazing story i mean just so many levels and so many aspects and so many crazy things that I can see God's hand through it, just the whole way through. And what's interesting too, you know, we were talking about quality of life issues for people that are listening. You see how your quality... Of life had deteriorated to the point where you couldn't even leave the house. And so for most people, this addiction, this substance, it starts as a way to have a better life, right? I'm going to do cocaine so I can get more done, so I can run a business, so I can do all this stuff, right? But at the end of your running, you couldn't even leave the house. And so this is where addiction leads. You know, you might think initially that you've got it, but it will take you to where Wherever it takes you (laughs) to hell, yeah, and everybody's bottom's different.
1: It you know different, different, you know hell on earth. But I'm sure it's it's a lot. It's in fact I know it's a lot worse in eternity. But it was those steps that were pivotal, and you know I as as we say in recovery we don't close you know the door on our past. However, um, I praise God. For having the past to know the difference of the quality that I have today, my wow. life today, I have two beautiful children. Uh, been going through a little challenges like any parents, but you know it, yeah. it, it, these are doable. Cha- these are doable, uh, doable things in life. Uh, I have a beautiful church that I attend, a district in El Dorado Hills. A beautiful church, beautiful pastors that are that are shepherding us through it. Uh, And I'm excited for the next leg that God has planned, uh, for the ministry. You know, the one thing, even though we've had a two year, uh, pandemic situation, God allows during the 16 years of recovery, which has been pretty close to the amount of time I've been in leadership, uh, in higher power, uh, and then leading it up in fulsome for three, four years, um, this has been a good break for me because once you step into this it's full time it really yeah. goes it's full time and giving of yourself and when you give of yourself back you got to you got to charge your batteries back up and this has been a good two years to to allow my batteries to get recharged, Mm. to listen to what God has to say, to be in the pause and to actually just enjoy my recovery. I mean, to really embrace it uh, again. So uh, anyway. And there's so much uh,
0: beauty in recovery. There's so much joy in recovery and there's so much of just being who you are you know it's like i always want to feel like myself right and it's like you feel like yourself again and there's so many exciting things and you can just meet people without the shame without the guilt without the hiding crap and you know just all that stuff it's it's a beautiful oh, yeah. life in sobriety it's so much better than any substance could ever give you
1: or anything could give you. I I really yeah. firmly firmly believe those who are challenged, you know, have a hard time with God or have a hard time believing that there's, you know, that there is a God. um, Go into a room of recovery because yeah. for all intents purposes, every person sitting in those chairs should not be in those chairs and should be six yeah. feet under. And mm-hmm. it's been God's grace that has placed them there uh, strategically. And to really use that person for the next person coming into those yeah. rooms. And well, I, I find it, I, I never get sick of that. I mean, that's one of the yeah. most beautiful things. And that's why I find so much joy in the ministry. Because when you see somebody that has uh, that has struggled, I mean, it's pretty funny, Jody. You, you've been to uh, Higher Power over in mm-hmm. Folsom in the block there. I've had four... I guess four people fall down the stairs drunk. <laughs> I mean, literally drunk. I mean, there are not many <laughs> stairs. Thank God, it's five. It's like four yes. or five. Yeah. But I go, those are my people. Those, <laughs> yeah. God's working hard. God, God's helping them out right there. And we just, we just pick them up, put them in the back seat, give them, uh, put them in the back row, give them a cup of coffee, and allow them to pause. And then, yeah. you know, if they want to receive it, they want to receive prayer. Hey. That, that's great. That's God working in their life. And it's amazing. And so, uh, you know, I, I just get really excited when I see that happening in people's lives. One of the girls ended up, uh, uh, I mean, that's, that was her story, for, you know, her entrance. Uh, she ended up within 18 months being a leader in higher mm. power because I saw God working so, so radically in her life. And she was, you know, she got her one year and then she got, you know, she was helping others and working the program and, and I could see the light in her. And generally yeah. we don't let anybody in any type of leadership for a couple of years. years. Um, we gave her like an exception because she was just on fire. Yeah. I mean, God was just using her mightily and to this day, God's still using her and, and phenomenal woman. So
0: that's I mean, amazing.
1: It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I would say,
0: yeah. My advice to people, and I like to, you know, before we close, if people uh-huh. are struggling, what advice would you give them and what your story reminds me? There's so many things I would say, but but to go, to a, to go and ask for help, regardless of where you're at. A lot of people know, oh, I can't go into the church till I get cleaned up. That's how I was. So I went into AA, but I went into a meeting drunk as well. And I didn't think anyone would notice because that's the insanity of addiction, right? Why would a bunch of people in AA know that I was drunk? And so they took my keys. How dare they? And they drove me home. How dare they? And then from that group of gals that they just surrounded me, then I ended up getting a sponsor, getting sober, but I needed to be stupid like that. It was almost a cry for help. It was like, I knew they wouldn't know, but then I figured they, like, it was this weird kind of, I don't know what I was thinking. All I know is I did that. And, and that was the beginning of the end. So I would say go because in the recovery meetings, most of them, you're going to be accepted.
1: You know, you will be accepted. And, You know, and and if you have a problem with this or you think you have a problem with this, yeah. most likely you do. <laughs> you right, know? right. It's if you're thinking of an alcoholic or think, an addict. If you're, if you're questioning yourself, then, you know, it's and so, um, yeah. you know, it, it. do yourself the favor. Uh, it's 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 a beautiful life. It, it, yeah. it is a little bit of work in the front end of it. It's 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 not easy. But you know what? Nothing worthwhile in life is easy. But I promise you this, if you are suffering right now from addiction and you want to make a change in your life, seek the help and just allow yourself to be teachable. You don't have to say anything more than sit in that chair and just say a tiny little prayer. If you're real, God, please make yourself present. That's it.
0: Amen. And he will. He yeah. will indeed. He did for me. He did for you. He did for my husband. And he did for all those people that recover because we do recover and many people recover. There's so much hope in that. Well, John, John Heath, thank you so much yes. for sharing the, your powerful story and insight. I'm so excited I had you here on this show. Is there, can people reach out to you, um, Absolutely. email Absolutely. you or whatever?
1: Yeah, email me. You can email me at goldenwest, goldenwestjh at hotmail.com. And uh, I will promise I will get back to you, and uh, I will try to direct you in the pathway of whatever programs are nearby you there, uh, yeah, whether you be in the Sacramento area. Uh, I'm very well connected down in the Bay Area. As well, and if not, we will find something for you because this is a a we program, not an I program. So please reach out if you have some help, if you need some help, if you have some questions, if you know somebody that's struggling, even then, I'd be willing to talk to anyone. So
0: awesome, all right, Jody, and I would do
1: anything for you because I love you as a person. I love what you stand about. So
0: oh, thank you, my friend, and you and your husband.
1: And <laughs> out Yeah. And,
0: and I would love to hear from you as well. You can email me. My email is genuine life at JodyStevens.org. And my website is JodyStevens.org. And again, please share this show on social media or with anybody you know struggling with addiction, friends, family, maybe it's you. Love it if you would leave a review on iTunes or whatever app that you're listening to as well, because that always helps, friends. So thank you so much for being here. God bless.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Jody.